Hey everyone. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the <laughs> latest episode of the Social Studies Podcast. Today, I've brought Austin Gunter in, a good marketing friend of mine in San Francisco, uh, to talk about how social media is a trailing indicator of customer experience. He's a writer for many years and longtime marketer. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I liked it. Hey Austin, man. Welcome to the show today. Hey Nathan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm really stoked to uh, to have you on Social Studies. I mean, we've been talking about marketing for years. This is the first time we've actually put it, you know, made it official. Yeah, when you started the podcast, I was uh, I was stoked to be on it. Um, the audience that you're building is pretty exciting, man. No, I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really great at, um, at Tint having such a big audience. You know, we, we service, we service uh, companies all over the world. We have thousands of customers all over the world, but, but being in San Francisco is such a unique opportunity, right, for marketing and technology and everything, right? Yeah, I'm always blown away by um, the ways that you can sit down and just go grab drinks with friends and the people that you meet. You always learn something from them. Everybody's always pushing the limits of, of their abilities. Um, it, it sort of it keeps me honest, you know, so that I'm aware of my own limitations. But um, but yeah, it's it's an inspiring place to be with a lot of really talented people. So. I mean, I couldn't agree more to that. Let's just jump into it. I feel like there's so much to cover. So you're, you know, you're you're a writer, you're a marketer, you're a vend. Can you can you give us a quick overview as to as to what you know what you are? And before we jump into some you know hard, hardcore marketing advice. Yeah, man, I'm I'm sort of one of those um, um, I'm one of those sellout writers. <laughs> I I remember when I was in college, we I had this professor who was like 33 years old, and he was a comedian and did a bunch of stuff. And it was an adjunct professor at my university who came in and talked about how he'd lived in a van in his 20s, um, but had finally made it and was making 40,000 a year writing comedy and had a you know wife and a daughter. And he was imploring us not to sell our talent for money. And I remembered writing notes. I wrote, I wrote one note for that, that, uh, that talk. And I said, um, the starving artist may be an artist, but he's still fucking starving. And I never wanted to be, I never wanted to starve. So when I graduated in 2009 with a degree in writing and rhetoric, um, I sort of stumbled into the tech industry writing. I wrote a job description uh, to create my first job at an incubator in Austin, Texas. And then I wrote another job description to join WP Engine as uh, like, you know, employee number 12, I think, um, back in the day. And WP then, Engine helps companies host their WordPress blog, Yeah, right? WP Engine is, is the host if, you, uh, if you've got a WordPress blog. Right. Um, and then I moved out with, I moved out to San Francisco with them uh, about two years ago. So in... 2013, and then uh, actually 2012, and then I I joined Vend um, early last year to help um, open the the Vend San Francisco office because Vend is a New Zealand based company, and we are uh, basically doing the go to market in all of North America for Vend's retail point of sale solution. Okay, so humor me. Point of sale could mean a lot of things for a lot of different companies. What what does point of sale look like for Vend nowadays? So. Like what we do is we don't do the payments. Um, we do the operations, uh, inventory management, customer management, loyalty for small to medium retailers globally. Um, it's a cool challenge as a marketer because small business customers, uh, I, I actually heard a quote today that small business customers are harder to reach than teenagers. Um, <laughs> so from a marketing perspective, it's a really unique challenge because um, you know we're, we're trying to provide an affordable solution for these these entrepreneurs essentially 
um, and then also do it in a, in a way that's cost effective from a, from a sales and marketing perspective. How does a writer fork himself in the middle of a point of sale technology solution? I mean, I think by the time I got out to Silicon Valley, I'd already forked myself into tech. Um, so I've always been a creative person, but I've always believed that adaptability and, and introspection, like self-awareness, were some of the, the biggest keys to, to getting what, what you wanted out of life. And I've always been willing to throw myself in a new situation in order to, to grow and make sure that, um, you know, make sure that I could uh, like adapt to changing circumstances and, and get from point A to point B, whatever that happened to be at the time. You know, you have, I'll link to it in the show notes, but you have a blog that actually coincidentally, I remember reading about that Yerba Mate article before I even knew you. Mm. So it's a, so the blog is big. The blog is very successful and, and you have a good Twitter following as well. Um, you're going to talk to us about social media today, and it's particular. Yep. I think you told me you wanted to mention social media as a trailing indicator of something or other. Yeah, so, so social. So I got into social media really early on because it was a way for me to have conversations at scale. Um, and there's a there's actually a really good book that I recommend you guys uh, reading called the the, um, the social side door or the social media side door. Um, and it's by the guy who used to be the head of content at a, a publicly traded company called Bizarre Voice. Um, he, he put a story of mine in there about how I got an interview at Google, um, because I met a recruiter, a Google recruiter on Google and reached out to him. And then just because I'd introduced myself on Twitter, um, he put my name into their recruiting platform and then I got an interview and actually a job offer out of that, which I turned down, uh, strangely enough. So you, you, you turned down a job. That's not. We don't have to get into that. But that's the, interesting. The point is. Okay, the, the point sure. is that you know you can create opportunities with social right. media. I've actually two long-term girlfriends I've met from Twitter or my blog. Um, which so two long-term girlfriends you've had personally, personally. Twitter and your blog. Personally, yes. So if you want to step up your romantic game, Twitter and your blog is the way to go. I, I think that means I spend too. I, I think that means I spend too much time online. All right. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that for anybody else. I think, all right. I all think. Right. I think Tinder's working out pretty well for everybody else. But um. <laughs> But my point is that social media was something that I, I, I really I, I really loved because of the way that I was able to have conversations with amazing people that I wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, so when I when I when I joined WP Engine, one of the things that um, that I started doing was uh, social media, and that turned into social media support. Because for those of you that know that have um, businesses that are that are high support, um, like a hosting company is a good example of that. High support volume, also a highly technical customer. It's very likely that social media is going to be a, a massive channel for your support, uh, for your, or it's going to be a massive support channel for your company. Um, I don't think that's new information, but it is. It is interesting. And so what we started to realize was that um, you know when when things were going really really well, customers were telling us on Twitter, mm -hmm. um, and they would actually sell the product for us. If somebody was asking us a question on, on Twitter, they would say, you know, hey guys, your prices are kind of high. Is it worth it? Um, and I realized that if I was going to answer that question via the brand Twitter handle, I had zero credibility. Um, but I thought, you know what? If I retweet this, I know that I have a lot of advocates on social media. If I retweet this and say, hey guys, can you just, you know, like you guys are actual customers. Can you answer this based on your experience? Right? What would happen is our customers would actually make the sale for us on Twitter. And it was amazing to watch. I actually have a couple of Storify links that I could that you can check out where for an hour you've got 
our real customers selling us on the feature, selling a potential customer on the feature set, and then you could trace that back to an actual sign up and trace that up to revenue. And then furthermore, that's even better because one of the things that consumers are doing now is people, like when somebody goes to learn about a company, they can pull all the information towards you. Um, if you look up the thing, this number has been changing, but social media and content marketing is taking up 60, 70% of your sales funnel, right? Um, and this is this is actually part of the blog post that I wrote about is that um, you know social media is part of your is a, is an indicator of your customer experience and it's also your your sales force right so everything that happens on your social channel is basically the the reputation that your company has it's what people are going to know about your company you can't control the message anymore you actually have to have a great product and then let your customers tell that story on your behalf. So social media was the way to amplify that. So not only would we see one person get sold on social media, but everybody that was looking for information about our product versus any of our competitors, and there were several, they would see, uh, they might see our social channel with tons of testimonials and lots of uh, really, really positive things to say versus some of the other competitors, which were all support issues, right? You know, before, okay, this sounds great. Okay. It sounds really. It sounds like I'm just getting started. Okay, so I w I w I'll, I'll take that as a mark. I'll take one of those, right? But I feel like I'd be remiss to, you know, ask you to explain a little further. You said that you your customers sold the product for you. I mean, totally. It's called word of mouth. Word of, so then word of mouth. So word of mouth is Twitter now. But is it's, that it's what it yeah, is? I mean, well, word of mouth has always existed. Twitter and of social course. media, just the way they've done with everything else, have given people scale. But also voice. focus because they can find where the conversation is happening, right? Right. Interesting. Right. So, so you have to think about your social. Your you have to think about your social channel is not something that needs to be locked down from a corporate perspective, but an actual opportunity for people to get to know your company and your ethos. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, uh, companies that hire amazing employees that are doing good work and, and lead interesting lives do themselves a service when those customers are on social media, because those customers then become a reflection of that company's values and that company's brand, just like a sort support experience. This in particular, this example of hosting customers um, who are, or potential hosting customers looking for answers, um, it becomes, it, it, on Twitter it's amplified because these are very active Twitter users because they're very active like in the open source software community because it's WordPress, okay. right? Okay. So they're already having conversations there in the first place, right? And then they're gonna ask each other, on social media because they don't always live in the same area of town. They, they live in different cities. Um, they're gonna ask each other on social media like, is this a good company or not? And you could have those conversations out there in the public eye, period. So then the question is, right, you've got the positive example, right? Sure. Well, what happens when things go bad? Things go really bad. Yeah, and, right? and listen, it's a, it's a tech company, you're building things, sometimes there's downtime, sometimes there's an issue, et cetera. Now, People will take to Twitter. However, I will tell you that you know there's there were there there can be fear sometimes of oh you know social media is bad you know we don't want people to be saying bad things about us. There are very few people who will go immediately to Twitter to complain about your product or your service. There, I mean, there is a subset of people that are negative, that have nothing positive to say, and that they will come after you for the slightest. Uh, like the, the slightest turbulence in your service. But then if you go and look at the rest of what they're saying on Twitter, it's a constant, it's, they're just, they're complaining. They're not, at, they're not bringing anything to the table. They have a Twitter account or a Facebook account. 
literally just to complain when they feel like the world has done them wrong. So for these people, how do you no, determine no. who they are and do you just ignore them? Well, you, those people, you never ignore anybody on social media. You always want to uh, engage people directly and be polite and be kind because, again, like I said, that conversation is going to be out there in public. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we noticed was that when, um, <clears throat> when, um, when our, when, when, you know, like as a tech company, what, what will happen is you may have some issues with, you know, your, in, some issues with your product and one, it'll take people time. It'll take people a certain amount of time to go out onto social media to engage that. Right. And that depends on the company for a highly technical customer base. They will go out to social media, but they'll do it after they've been on Zendesk for your support team to, to work with. They'll do it after they've made a phone call. They're only going to go out on social media when they feel like they've literally exhausted all of their options, and they want to they want to figure out um, they want to figure out what's going on, and they want to have a public way to hold you accountable. And so to think about that from a from a perspective of how is that an opportunity if, if a customer is saying hey I want to publicly publicly hold you accountable to this what they're saying is I'm holding you to a high standard and I want you to live up to it and so, so social media becomes that place where you can actually engage them so we started running reports and we realized that there was a there's a certain delta of time where if there was a blip in social media then there would also be uh, there it had pre, it had been preceded by a blip in ticket volume Take it all. Really? So the the so the, like our social media, we can trace that very directly to what was going on in support channels. So it was a way for us to look at how how support was performing. It was a way for us to track issues that were that might be going on. So we could actually trace that back to the product, trace that back to um, to the customer experience, trace that back to sales. Um, so I actually have a report that I hand out to people sometimes. For uh, I use a tool called Converse Social to measure the sentiment. Of all of my tweets every week. So sentiment analysis kind of thing. Yeah, and and conversation was fairly rudimentary when I was doing this because it's been a little while at this point. But um, we um, we would actually go through and manually measure sentiment every week and then and then assign it. There's 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 ways to do this with with like actually machine learning now. But the the important thing is to set up a you know positive, neutral, negative sentiment for all your tweets, so you know this is an advocate, uh, this is. Or, or a detractor, or this is somebody who's just neutral. Maybe they're retweeting us or whatever. And then you set up a series of um, classes of tweets. You've got testimonials. You've got support issues. You've got um, you know product down. You've got things like that. So, uh, and and your report for your company will be different than my report for my company would be because of because of the product. But by keeping track of that sentiment and that type of engagement on social media on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. um, you're able to actually learn a ton about what's going on with your business almost in real time. It's a way of it's a way of having a live analytics platform running for the way people feel about your brand and feel about your product. Um, it became such a powerful tool. Um, it's something that that you know exec teams love to see because how else are they going to get that sort of insight into what's going on in their customers' minds on a minute by minute? So basis? Are, you sh are you showing like distributions like X percent or positive, <clears throat> neutral or, or, or negative? Is that how it works? I mean, I would do an executive summary of it, right? Where sure. I would say, this was this was how the positive tweets broke down this week. There were this many testimonials, this many engagements, this many um, you know like customer referrals, right? And the negative tweets, like this many like product down, um, this many, uh, I haven't heard from your support team in two days, oh, this many of, um, you know, why aren't you answering your phones? 
So then that gets tied into, that gets sent back to the support team as a way, as a feedback mechanism for them. You know, for an, you know, I, and I had a full report for this for execs. They just want to see that. They just want to see the exec summary. They want to be sure. able to make a decision based on, based on that. Um, but the numbers were all there, you know, so we just had a, just had a pivot table where I was putting all this stuff together every week. So how does like the social media team and the customer support team work together, if at all? I mean, it depends on the company. I think more and more they're they're aligned. Um, customer success can encompass the social media team. Um, from a at a high level, I think marketing and and customer success have an increasingly blended role. And you'll see a lot of marketers who started out they or people started out as community managers as a part of the marketing team and have found their jobs turning into more. Uh, support-based roles a lot of the time, um, just because that's a natural iteration of where those conversations go. From the you go from marketer, and then you realize that there's a heavy support component to just being available to have conversations with with customers online, and then it turns into an incredibly important front-facing support role where you're actually representing your entire company with every 140 characters that you tweet. Sure. So let's say okay. You do your best to support your customers, you do your best to market to your customers, but they're going to social media regardless. How do you keep your eye on the ball? How do you keep your eye on the ball? Yeah. You gotta have somebody who's paying attention to it all the time. Right. I mean, I lived in front of a, a, a tweet deck, right, because that was the best live update um, to, to pay attention to what was going on. I actually had, for years, I had every single social media interaction that a very quickly growing company had pushed in my phone. You know, and, and actually, like, it burned me out on social media a little bit, and, I, and I've deleted all social media apps off my phone just because right. I didn't want the distraction anymore. Um, but there's no other way to do it other than being available to it because social media, the the expectations for response are so immediate mm -hmm. that if it takes you more than half an hour to get back to somebody, then you're failing at the worst possible, most public place that you could fail your customers from a customer success standpoint. Right. So... Keep your eye on social media, yep. respond to them quickly, make their experience positive. And track what's happening every week. You know, map the trends and that gives you a sense of, of how to, um, that gives you a sense of how to adjust your product, that gives you a sense of, of what's working and what's not. I mean, it's, it's a positive indicator too, right? It tells you exactly what's working as well as what's not. Um, I don't know of a better way to, to keep your, to, to, to really feel the heartbeat um, and know the health of your company than paying attention on social media. Awesome. Keep the experiences positive. Watch your customers respond to them quickly. Thanks so much, Austin. We appreciate it. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers.